Most fighters spend their entire lives trying to get to the UFC. It takes a combination of elite skills, dedication, and honestly, a bit of luck sometimes. Or, you know, apparently just being a little bit famous. The UFC matchmakers have proven that sometimes it doesn't matter if you're the best fighter, as long as you're willing, a little bit recognizable, and might possibly be able to sell some tickets. YouTube sensations, stars from other sporting worlds, even trying to reinvent old fan favorites, they've tried it all, and more often than not, it's about a success as a power slap league. I'm Bailey and from MMA on point. <laughs> and these are 10 failed UFC experiments. Number 10, Tony Harm. Look, I don't actually find it that surprising that in the 1990s, the UFC signed a pro wrestler. Like, it was definitely real back then, right? I mean, that shit worked at school. I've got about five friends who broke something RKOing each other on the trampoline. The 300-pound Helsinki native was actually the first Nordic fighter to enter the octagon. He'd spent some time as the Gladiator Viking on the Finnish version of the show, Gladiators, before entering the WWF under the name Ludwig Borger. He was even in Die Hard with a Vengeance. He was also not a nice person and had several tattoos associated with the Nazi party, which makes what happened to him in the UFC all the more satisfying, to be honest. After retiring from pro wrestling, he joined the promotion Rings and had three fights in Japan. He lost all three of them in the first round, all by stoppage. But the UFC decided to sign him anyway, I guess because he was a massive dude and had at the very least some sort of name behind him. But yeah, despite also actually being an accomplished boxer, he had no real MMA ability and who better to save the day than Captain America, who was also making his UFC debut. And what a way to do it. Tony ran at Randy, he took him down immediately, and that was pretty much it. He choked him out in just under a minute. Play the theme song. Number nine, Jason Thacker. Oh, strange brew. What did MMA do to you? The first season of The Ultimate Fighter was full of crazy ideas. Random team challenges that had absolutely nothing to do with martial arts. Apparently not even telling the contestants that they would be fighting each other. And oh, the idea to throw in a guy who had absolutely no training whatsoever. It was an experiment of sorts. Anyway, I mean, one to just kind of add to the entertainment of the show. Hey, everybody, look at this guy. Doesn't he suck? Jason Thacker stuck out like a sore foot. I did it! He was essentially there to show what it meant to be an ultimate fighter because Strange Brew just wasn't it. The producer said he gave him a shot because of his crazy training footage, hitting bags of sand and smashing hay bales. Actually, that kind of sounds like Tony Ferguson. No blood. It did, however, lead to good ratings. Maro Ronello literally said, I feel for Jason Thacker because he was put in a position to fail. And fail he did exactly the way the UFC intended. Well, the man in the hat, Chuck Mindenhall, scoured the earth to find him years later and wrote a piece for MMA fighting titled In Search of Strange Brew. After the show, people were starting fights with him in bars, harassing his family. He admitted he had no MMA experience at all and is essentially still traumatized by the whole event. It's hard not to feel for the guy. This is one experiment that definitely failed. Number eight, James Tony. You know, there's been a lot of MMA fighters who've taken on boxers at this point, and I'm not just talking about Trella Triad Combat. Oh, fights have gone mostly how you would expect and you know wouldn't it be nice if we had some boxers that actually stepped up and came over to MMA well one man did James Tony a boxing world champion in three different weight classes at 1.44-0 and one of the best defensive fighters in history now this one was kind of designed to fail I'm not gonna lie it was a big coming out party for MMA at the time let's hoist the flag we're better than boxing honestly I don't know why Tony even agreed to this one I mean he basically had no chance oh money money yeah yeah that'll do it well 
all the community were pretty concerned at first. James Tony, explain to them why why you decided to do this. I honestly can't explain it myself. You know, I'm the first guy to cry freak show and and everything else. You know, will it be a freak show? Um, no. Yeah, I'm not sure about that one, Dana. Uh, but to be fair, he did say MMA fighters are better than boxers, and well, Tony took the bait. Dana White said MMA fighters are better than boxers. I had to put a hold to it. You know what I'm saying? So that's why we're here. James, a good friend of yours, David Hay, says you're delusional for fighting in MMA. He's gay. Uh, anyway, he tracked down Dana and got himself a fight with a Greco-Roman Olympian, no less. I mean, to be fair, there weren't many guys the same age as James, really, and things went just as expected. Uh, Joe, why don't you explain this one? Randy Couture ankle picked him, took him down, strangled him. Boil him, mash him, stick him in a stew, potatoes. Number seven, Greg Hardy. So the signing of the former NFL star Greg Hardy was already controversial enough after he was found guilty for assaulting his girlfriend, but the case was dismissed when she didn't appear in court. This led to his removal from the NFL. So in 2016, he started an MMA career and picked up three wins at the amateur level before being invited into Dana White's Contender Series. I mean, this guy at least had some experience, but you're making your pro debut on a UFC show, so yeah. He had two quick KOs on the show, but Dana still didn't give him a contract. He said he needed to get more work in, and he was definitely right. But after another sub-60 second KO on the regional scene, Dana brought him into the promotion at just 3-0. So how would the Greg Hardy experiment unfold? Well, he got DQ'd in his first fight, so it's not a great start, but he got two TKOs in the first round against... Well, nobody's pretty much as well, I guess. Then there was that whole thing where he used an inhaler during a fight and his decision got turned into a no contest, which is, yeah, pretty understandable. You can't do that. <laughs> Fight's over. Honestly, after seven UFC fights, he was four, three, and one. So, I mean, not terrible, but not really the same level of success he'd had in the NFL. And then everything went downhill. He was finished three fights in a row and, well, despite being a six-foot-five super athlete. 320. Pounds, ladies and gentlemen. The Greg Hardy experiment had run its course, and he wasn't re-signed to the promotion. But hey, I mean, I hear he's going to BKFC. Number six, Gokan Saki. Okay, so it's not completely unheard of for kickboxers to transition their way into MMA. In fact, some of them have even made their way to UFC champion. But most, in fact, pretty much all of them didn't start their careers in the UFC. Well, apart from Gokan Saki. Now, okay, that's not technically true because the K1 and Glory champion had an MMA fight way back in 2004 in a regional promotion in the UK, long before he'd fought for any major kickboxing promotion. I don't think you can even watch this fight anywhere. I don't think it was even recorded. Anyway, flash forward 13 years and Gokan Saki decides that he's going to take a break from kickboxing and give MMA another go. I mean, to be fair, his stand-up was world-class and many fans were actually super hyped he was coming over. I mean, at the very least, they weren't going to feed him any grapplers, right? The UFC booked him on a fight night against Henrique de Silva, who was on a three-fight losing streak and was basically a human punching bag, well, until Gokan got tired and then managed to pull out a Hail Mary TKO. And then they gave him another striker next, Khalil Roundtree. But it took him just one shot to sit Gokan down and and he had no defense for the follow-up ground and pound. He was booked for another fight a year later, but pulled out with an injury, and it wasn't until 2021 where he was asked to be released from his contract entirely due to the injuries he kept getting in training. Well, I mean, one-on-one is not awful, I guess, but uh, yeah, I mean, this one was over before it even started. Number five, Kimbo Slice. 
YouTube has certainly come a long way in the last 15 years, and if you want an example, look no further than the evolution of Kimbo's backyard brawls to street beefs, which is now a legit pr promotion, right? Well, back in 2005, there wasn't much on YouTube, but watching Kimbo Slice engage in some mutual combat was probably one of the most entertaining things you could see. He eventually got picked up by the Elite XC, where he won three fights before getting TKO'd in 14 seconds by Seth Petroselli and then collapsing the whole promotion. There was a lawsuit. Seth was told not to take him down. It's a whole thing. But after that, he shot everyone when he appeared as a surprise contestant on Tough 10. Look, the dude was a jacked, bare-knuckle KO artist. Who wasn't going to watch that? Actually, I can think of one person. It's not very nice, is it? <laughs> but it became immediately clear from his first fight where he was matched horrifically with big country Roy Nelson, who tickled him from the crucifix position, that he definitely was not an MMA fighter. And you know, the UFC is kind of mixed martial arts, right? Still, they didn't give up on Kimbo and brought him into the UFC to fight Houston Alexander, a monster of a man. And they sadly had one of the most boring fights in UFC history. Yeah. They gave him one more shot against Matt Mitrione, but Kimbo was TKO'd in the second round. And so the Kimbo experiment just kind of ended. Was it successful? Well, I suppose in a way. The tough season was the highest rated ever, but the real test was actually fighting, and he kind of failed at that. Number four, Sean Gannon. So Kimbo was pretty good at street fighting. I mean, that was kind of the appeal. He was undefeated and most people just had no chance and got destroyed almost immediately. But not Sean the Cannon Gannon, a Boston police officer. A post appeared on the MMA Underground saying Kimbo was accepting fights and Sean signed up. He fought Kimbo in this weird underground gym and he took it to him, exhausting Kimbo, being the first man to ever beat him, even if half his team did keep stopping the fight. So guess what the UFC did? They gave him a fight. Well, first of all, we had three fights on the regional scene and went two and one against, well, nobodies and people making their own debuts. But that was enough for the matchmakers to decide in 2005 they would start the Sean Gannon experiment. Preparation H and bring the tough as nails Boston cop into the professional fighting promotion. He was unfortunately drastically underqualified for what Brandon Lee Hinkle brought to the table though. He immediately began grappling and took Sean down. Once on top position, he was dropping ground and pound until the ref just stopped the fight. If you'd come to see the cannon that night, you probably went home disappointed. I'm ready. Number three, Kit Cope. Look, I don't mean to keep bringing up YouTube, but we live here. Well, I'm sure that's what 50% of you guys watch these days. But before then, you know, we had actual television channels and in the US, MTV was probably one of the best from music to extreme sports. Ladies and gentlemen, it's MTV Sports. Freaking jackass, you know, there was a lot to enjoy. I'm a nice man. That's not Christian. If you watched the show True Life, which covered all kinds of subcultures and societies, you might have seen the episode with Kit Cope and his journey to Thailand to compete in a bare knuckle left wave fight. So, guess what? The guy's a reality star. Yeah, he's only two and two in MMA, but that's at least something. Let's get him in the UFC. Goldberg announced him as the cream of the crop in Muay Thai and one of the best strikers in the world. Good thing they gave him Kenny Florian. You know, he's not a BJJ black belt and one of the best submission artists in the division. Yeah, with professional ultimate fighter Kenny Florini. This was an experiment if ever I saw one, okay? He actually stuffed a few takedowns at first, but once he got him down, it was basically all over. He even tapped after the bell went in round one, so basically started round two with a broken arm and got submitted in 30 seconds. He, uh, he didn't get another UFC fight either. Number two, Tank Abbott 2.0. 
You know, it's probably worth remembering that Tank Abbott actually got the first proper KO with a punch in UFC history at UFC 6. That combined with his street fighting background, and probably because his name was Tank, let's be honest, made him an early UFC star. But the guy always lost in the finals of the early UFC tournaments. In fact, he never won a fight after it went past three minutes. Like, ever. Okay, one decision. Basically, though, in 1998, three years into his UFC run, he was eight and seven and a little too partied out. By the end of the fight with Pedro Hizo, he looked like Santa Claus the day after Christmas if he'd been leg kicked 100 times. He took a well-deserved retirement. Well, he actually went and wrestled with the WCW for a bit. But the UFC weren't quite done with him yet. They decided in 2003 it was time to reinvent Tank Abbott and bring him back to the heavyweight division. He was back with a leather jacket and saying badass things like, you can be as technical as you want, but you can still be a pussy. He may also have been on amphetamines. Either way, he was supposed to be this returning gladiator fan favorite. To be fair, the crowd did go mental, but he got tapped out in 46 seconds against Frank Mir, two minutes by Kimo Leopoldo. All that was left was to put on one of the sloppiest fights of all time with Wes Cabbage, and the doctor stopped that one due to a cut. Tank tried to start a brawl in the cage, and the 2.0 experiment was over. And number one, CM Punk. Well, I mean, who else are we going to put a number one? All right, fuck you. Look, honestly, CM Punk said to himself one day, hey, MMA is real fighting, not pro wrestling. I'm going to give that a go, which, you know, in some ways is pretty commendable. And he did take it seriously. He sought out a good team and trained the proper way. But at the same time, he had zero amateur MMA experience, zero combat sports experience. And he was joining the biggest fight promotion in the world on a platform that people grind their entire lives to reach. All right, fuck you. So understandably, a lot of people were pissed. And in a way, this kind of was the dumbest experiment of all time. I mean, what the hell did people think was going to happen? That he was secretly a superhero and his WWE wrestling moves would actually work in the cage? Come on, guys. I mean, he, he could barely throw a punch. All right, fuck you. But he still got in there, I guess, against Mickey Gall, literally the only guy they could find and could justify bringing into the UFC at just 1-0. And boy, did it not go well. I mean, he got taken down immediately, beaten up and tapped in just two minutes. But, you know, the pay-per-view did 500,000 buys and I'm sure he helped contribute to that. He didn't fight again in the UFC until two years later, but unfortunately hadn't really shown any more growth at all during that time. MMA journalist turned fighter Mike Jackson kind of played with him, and the unanimous decision win was turned into a no contest because of weed. That's a shame, isn't it? God, bloody hell. I'm just going to say it probably won't be the last WWE fighter to try their hand at MMA, but I think the UFC learnt their lesson on this one. So, I mean, I mean, deal with it, tough guys. If you got a problem, come find me, you know, because chances are everybody on the Internet that says that this this pro wrestler shouldn't be anywhere near MMA. I can probably kick your ass. All right. There we go. Another video. Thank you, Luke. You edited this one. Well, I think I haven't seen it yet. I'm doing this in the recording booth, so I have no idea. He probably did a good job. I mean, if you think you did a good job, you can go and follow him at cool to me underscore, which I would do anyway, because he, he's kind of cool. Yeah, he's, he's all right. What have you done with your life? Probably not written an intro theme song for a popular MMA YouTube channel. You know who has, though? Ben Rosette, he did that for us. Yeah, mate, we still use it because it's a good, funky little tune, innit? Anyway, if you want to support him, you can find more of his music on Spotify at Ben Rosette. Okay, before you start commenting, Paolo Costa's secret juice does not count as a UFC experiment, all right? But if you have any other thoughts about the people that failed or didn't, let us know. We've got the comments box down below. Shout at me. I don't care. I will read them, though. Probably. Maybe. Go on. If you had fun, though, give us a like. Much appreciated. And if you want to see more, just subscribe. They'll appear automatically in your feed. That's how YouTube works. I've been Balian. Thank you for watching. See you in the next one.